Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as they will be every single week, are my two amazing co-hosts, the Blockbuster Boys, Chris Frodell. Hello. And Shane Beauregard. What's up? We got a big show today, guys. I need more energy than that. I mean, God, it's like I just woke you up out of a coma. Oh, we'll get into that, too. Apparently, it's a very popular uh, plot device. Well, Ooh. I just looked over the list, and it, it kind of bummed me out a little bit. So, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get into it, and it'll rev me back up. So I'm ready. Let's do it. Jesus Weird. Christ, man. Listen, I already want to take Shane to task, because what he's complaining about, later on in the show, we're going to give you our top 10 most anticipated summer movies. And I want to say, behind the scenes, I've already acquiesced and put, like, one or two films that weren't on the list today in the list today because of you specifically, Shane. So you need to shut up and just do what you're told here, buddy. Let's get down to the business. Let's give the people what they need, all right? Because up top, we're going to do our recent activity. Is that the music? It's me, yeah. It's just okay. me making weird noises. <laughs> So right up top, I mean, we basically have been watching a truckload of stuff and, you know, we only can fit so much into like a quote segment. So we'll give you a bunch of things like things we're not going to talk about. Shane, Reacher rocks. All right. Like I finished Reacher. That was your number one on your top five TV shows. Reacher rocks. And Chris, you watch Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and you're going to tell me how amazing I am at picking movies, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> so those aside, because we have already talked those uh, to death, we're going to start with a movie that I watched and then kind of it spread to you guys to be like, this wasn't bad. Maybe you should check this out. Senior year. Uh, the new Rebel Wilson comedy is something that we all ended up watching over the weekend. Um, I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe that it was actually good. And I think that's why like, I was so enthusiastic to talk about it, because I couldn't have any lower expectations. I didn't even plan on watching this. I was just bored on like Friday <laughs> afternoon, and I was like, you know, let me check this out. And uh, you know, it's the old Netflix habit coming up through, right? But yeah, it's just intriguing. I don't know if it's like part curiosity because of Rebel Wilson being like the first movie since she got thin. I don't care either way. It's just... Bizarre. It's a big change. I, I don't process change very well. I'm like a child. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wanted to check this one out. Uh, Shane, I believe you were the first one after me to check it out. And you kind of like kicked back like, yeah, you're kind of right. Oh, yeah, because I'm sitting there and I was consuming a bunch of stuff. And then I got your message and saying, hey, senior year was pretty good. Because I looked at the photo on Netflix. I'm, yeah, okay, I'm not, I'm not a big Rebel Wilson fan. It is what it is. It's yeah. probably one of these cheesy, cheesy movies that Netflix always puts out. I was like, what the heck? I'm going to start this thing. Yeah. And like you, I was pleasantly surprised. And I, it's, yeah, we'll talk. We'll get into it. But I was like, wow, this is a lot better than it has any business being. Yeah, I didn't love the marketing for it going in much at all. And the directors, like I'm more known for being a TV director, like uh, comedies like Parks and Rec and You're the Worst and Grace and Frankie. And even one of the writers uh, for the script is Brandon Scott Jones, who plays Mr. T 
in the movie, which I thought he was oh, yeah, very yeah. funny in the movie. Yes. Um, and he's one of the co-stars of Isn't It Romantic with Rebel Wilson, too. So nice little connection all going on. Um, but yeah, mostly I was just compelled to see Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson, which is funny because I haven't seen her in a lot. I'm not a big Rebel Wilson fan. Chris, were you when I was trying to convince you to watch this movie? I, I have nothing against Rebel Wilson, but I feel she's a one trick pony. You know, it's very self deprecating. Sure. Uh, but like to an annoying level. We're just like, oh, no, stuff it. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, is that a joke in there? What it sounds like a lot of mumble and whatever. Right. And that's when she was heavy. So she would play off her heaviness. Right. And now it's like she lost weight. And I'm just like, OK, now she's going to be different. But uh, no, she's she basically says the same jokes. But I will say there's some charm to her. Because she's not really a lead to me either. No, so that's why I was no. very apprehensive about watching this for that reason, too. And I don't know. She's, I, I, she's fine and pitch perfect. Right. Yeah. That's as far as my level of, you know. Sure. Watches. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not going out and watching Isn't It Romantic because she's the lead of, of some comedy. I'm not, you know, doing that. So, yeah, I like her when she's just kind of little small parts brightens up a scene i'm not gonna watch cats sorry uh, <laughs> everybody um but even then uh, she was still heavy back then this is the, her kind of coming out party for a lot of these things and my fear with this movie specifically was that it was gonna be just an overwhelming nostalgia fest where it was just like because all the marketing they were like look at her in the britney spears video look at her in this whatever oh yeah. look uh why is madonna called lady gaga now yada yada yeah. like those things and they're there but it's very much yeah. not an overwhelming part of the movie i thought shane did you like like because you're you guys are a little older than me so at least this was like they're throwing back to like my late high school early college years so I, i'm i'm yeah. good with the nostalgia um, but I don't know if it worked as well on you guys because you're a little older. Shane, I'll start with you. Did it work for you at all? It did because it was well balanced. They didn't hit yeah. you over the head with it too much. They made nice little right. funny references to it, like the Lady Gaga Madonna joke. I like how her father worked for Blockbuster, then yeah. Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy, yeah, the same blue yeah. shirt, just different The same day. blue shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, again, going back to Rebel Wilson, and Chris kind of stole this out of my mouth, I thought she was really charming in this movie. And this is the funniest I think I've seen her in a long time because – I was a little nervous because, you know, when comedians change and they lose weight, you're like, oh, he's not funny or she's not funny anymore. Yeah. I thought she actually became funnier in this movie. And it, she was just, it was just enough, I think, with this movie that it was charming. It made me feel good. I like the concept, you know, uh, behind it. So, you know, because most of these movies, you start at 37 to go back to 17. And this was kind of like the inverse. Yeah, yeah of, this is 13 that. going on 30, just an older age level. Right. Thank you. Yep. So but it all worked. It's not as it cheesy. It has more right. balls, and I enjoyed that. I, I I love that. Two things I thought were the best part, and and probably what you need to do to make a Rebel Wilson movie work, especially with her as the lead. I thought this movie was uh, had a great depth of talent. I really liked uh, the cast here. With I know you guys got really excited for Arjuri Rice, uh, who plays young Stephanie. She was uh, mm -hmm. the daughter in The Nice Guys. Um, Sam Richardson, who plays Seth, I liked him in Ted Lasso, and now he's uh, here playing kind of the, the best friend-ish love interest thing. And then 
Uh, Mary Holland, who plays Martha, who is in Happiest Season, I like her a lot, kind of being, again, like the, the best friend from childhood, principal character. So there was a lot of that. And then the other thing I liked was the fact that a lot of times because of the age differential between, you know, the 20 year gap or whatever, between how long yeah. she was in the coma, she could wake up and it's like they go way too hard in the paint on the whole fish out of water thing or it's yeah. corny. It's like, why aren't people wearing hammer pants? Nobody cares. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's not that, though. And that's what I liked where they kind of did it with like learning new PC things while also taking to task how ridic- how ridiculous uh, a lot of the PC things we have now are and what's kind of lame now instead of back then and kind of playing ping pong with the kind of, you know, cultural update thing. I yes. like that a lot. And I also like that they kind of took to task, like the toxicity of the online culture, like the social media culture in yep. school and how it affects everything. Basically nothing changed, but the tech is kind of the point of all this stuff. And I liked it. And then, of course, my favorite thing uh, also was uh, Alicia Silverstone making a cameo here. Oh, that's right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I loved it (laughs) because it wasn't so over the top. It wasn't like, wow, she was just enough. And it was was at a poignant part in the movie, which a lot of these things do when they make some big cameo. And I hadn't seen her a long time, and I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, Andrew, damn you. You took the words out of my mouth uh, about 13 going on 30. It gave me that kind of vibe. It gave me uh, never been kissed. Sure. You know, because uh, Drew Barrymore. She's old went and in and, school. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to play a teenager, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It felt like that throwback to the 90s. Yeah. And it, it you know, it wasn't going to launch into this new era of uh filmmaking it was it was a nice little throwback it was uh unique to itself almost uh you know in line to talking about the uh anti-pc or you know taking the task uh certain aspects of uh the 20-year gap i felt like it was almost uh written by committee Mm. you know just well, like we have to include this people but i'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of improv too with these oh, yeah. type of people too but like uh, especially when they first meet uh love right is it brie love yeah mm-hmm. you know she's like a, an environmentalist uh she's popular but she doesn't follow so other people will feel bad that they're not being followed you know stuff like that right and uh i was just like wow they're just throwing everything at this yeah um but But it works it works though it doesn't feel overwhelming or too much um yeah and even the things when they got kind of serious like about like the mother with cancer who passed away and all this other stuff like it all seems to work and that's why i was like kind of admiring this movie that it's not the greatest i don't want to like go over the top about it but (laughs) very little studio comedies actually work these days and especially yeah. from Netflix, they t- they are terrible at making good comedies. And I enjoyed this one. So I just wanted to like make sure we shared it with the group. And I, I'm glad we all kind of enjoyed something from it. Well, it was funny. Uh, was it before we even thought about uh, recent activity? Didn't I send you the trailer or like a, sc- a freeze frame of the uh, uh, some headline saying the hilarious senior? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, my God. God, really hilarious hilarious yeah uh i watched the trailer and i was unimpressed yeah. so that's why i don't even have a bar 
to put low. I know. Uh, I did not care. And then you two kind of talked me into it. Yeah, I, I will admit when I'm wrong. Uh, you are exactly right. I forgot about oh, yeah. that, but I'll be like, yeah, yeah. this is not going to be good. And then, yeah, I'm eating my words. I'm glad we were leading with it to be like, <laughs> listen, I get it. Um, but, yeah, it is It is something I'm, I'm glad it was kind of like, I don't know if it's going to end up a hidden gem or an afterthought or whatever, but I hope people watch it. I On my letterbox feed, it seemed like a lot of people watched it, so maybe uh, more people will get into it. The the review like the reviews are whatever i i don't pay attention to a lot of reviews on studio comedies they, they almost just should be pass fail you know what i mean yeah. like did it make you laugh or it didn't um but this yep. one i just enjoyed it shane you look like you're chomping at the bit no no not at all it i echo everything you guys said um it did kind of have for me a couple thread lines of 21 jump street the movie sure uh, how how like yeah. the Uncool kids are the cool kids now. So Jonah Hill's now cool, and yep. this jock stud is not popular anymore. And no, good point. Social media, but um, I I do see myself possibly watching this again. So it yeah. does have some rewatchability for me. So yeah, highly. I you know I do recommend it. So I yeah, I'm glad we're all on on board. I was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, I figured someone was going to go, are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't. And and now we can kind of share this moment. And I like it. But one thing I do know. The three of us are out of our minds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll hear it. Hopefully, give us feedback, people. Like, uh, you know, let us know uh, if you guys caught that movie over the weekend and want to talk to us about it. Uh, Like I said, click clack into my old netflix roots where probably no one watched it and that's why we're this is a an early conversation um shane though i know something you were chomping at the bit even before all this started you were like i have to get this off my chest you watched outer range on amazon prime which is a show that i have heard has kind of twin peaks vibes or at least is like more bizarre than you would think Uh, tell me what appeals to you about Outer Range? It's one of those shows that I I think I watched all seven episodes in one day. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And after every episode, it, there'd be something at the end that kind of hooks you, makes you want to go forward with it. it. It's really hard to explain, but I'm a, I am love Josh Brolin. Yeah. And it was I heard it was getting some good reviews. So I'm like, all right, let me go check this out. It's a very slow-paced western meets sci-fi and not like in a cowboy versus aliens kind of way like i'm sorry i made that reference right it's just a it to me at the core it is a western and about family but then you have this really weird sci-fi twist so basically the description real quick is a rancher is fighting for his land and family discovers an unfathomable mystery at the edge of wyoming's wilderness and basically there's a just a big hole that opens up on this guy's land and we don't know what it is and we slowly start to learn about it. And there's these families that get involved. So besides Josh Brolin, uh, you have Imogen Poots, which is an interesting yeah, name. I like her. Uh, yeah. Li- Lily Taylor, who's always great. Mm-hmm. And I love Tom Pelfrey, who was in some of Ozark, uh, a show called Banshee. And Will Patton plays his... Yeah, I like Will Patton. F- plays his feuding neighbor. So it, I thought the show was ambitious it's one of those shows you might have to go back and, and really rewatch a little bit because you will kind of get lost because they throw they throw a lot at you. Uh, it had M. Night Shyamalan tones. It mm. had, I felt like I was watching Donnie Darko, like that kind of movie. Hmm. Unfortunately, 
The only downside I kind of see is it's a kind of show that when it ends, you're left with like, whoa, like <laughs> one, trying to like wrap everything up in your head, but it leaves you with a lot more questions you had at the end than you had going in with it. So right. they do resolve some some ties, but I was left like, oh my God, like what's going on here? Like they didn't explain this. Like, man, I got to really think about this. So I, I thought for Amazon Prime, it was a big swing for a movie but this josh brolin was just phenomenal in this movie so i would recommend it for for me and i'm not the biggest sci-fi guy as chris would would tell you i'm really not but this just for whatever reason just drew me to it and the i don't know if it's a cast or just what it was just to me i really enjoyed it well shane i don't know if i could believe a word you said because you said the show was about family and i heard nothing about racing cars so i am very confused right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they ride horses. They ride horses. It's fair enough. Rodeo it's, so it. it's old school. I get it. All right. I'm How in. many horsepower you got? One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. And that was an excellent <laughs> Sam Elliott or whatever you were doing right there. Right. Because it, it's set in Wyoming. Wrong. The guy owns a ranch. He's been in his family for 100 years. Uh, one of his sons is like a, a uh, uh, rodeo rider professional like a bull, bull okay. rider so yeah it's more it's really old school western as far as that aspect of it goes so yeah unfortunately you don't get racing cars you don't get stock cars <laughs> you don't get anything like that but sure yeah it, it was a really interesting show to like pr- try to think sink your teeth into but ludicrous is in it right at least ludicrous no ludicrous <laughs> oh, okay. no ludicrous damn it all right I'll still probably watch it. Then that's fine by me. But yeah, I don't all know, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, you're out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe a Tyrese will come. I'll I'll, I'll keep looking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that show definitely intrigued me. But I was I didn't know. I didn't hear any reviews. I didn't hear anyone really talking about it. Uh, so I'm glad you are, and you're you're selling me. Although I can go many different ways with those type of shows or movies that are kind of like that. I mean, listen, the the filmography of Shyamalan alone, like, you love or hate every single one, and it depends on how they wrap these things up. And if you're telling me that there's a lot of questions, gosh, I don't know how much I can hang on to a season two if I'm like, what the hell is going on? I almost cringe throwing his name out there because I know a lot of people, he incites people and whatnot. It's it's like that in in the feel the atmosphere of the show yeah but they don't try to throw any kind of like last minute oh i gotta throw a twist in here at the end sure and then it just flops on the ground right now they don't do they don't do they don't do that at all it's just very atmospheric like Shyamalan or richard kelly uh you know directors of that nature sure well uh, which is why but, i keep hearing lynchian too but obviously yeah, maybe not as bizarre so that sounds great, though, man. I'll definitely have to check that out on Amazon Prime. Uh, Chris, you had something that you brought that I, I've been itching to see. I, it was one of those, like, do I want to actually pony up the money and watch this in the theater, or do I want to wait? And then something unfortunate happened in between that time, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah, Studio 666, the Foo Fighters horror movie. Studio 666. <laughs> See, it seemed like in the trailer, I was like, this is either going to be the corniest thing ever or they're going to strike a tone that is just enough that I'm going to enjoy it. So where did you land with Studio 666? 
uh, I'm a fan of the Foo Fighters. And same, uh, same. when I heard about this, I was just like, this is just perfect. Because they are uh, known from when they you know, first began for their music videos, that this is just a necessary transition. True. And I was aching to see it, but I never got a chance. And then uh, uh, I have a, a Redbox account where uh, you know I get deals off of every rental. So I utilize that, and uh, I got to see it this weekend. Um, it was everything you think it is from watching the trailer <laughs> uh-huh. and then some, it, it really just went with a certain tone all the way through. And it was just like a, a really good blend of uh horror comedy. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I was interested for sure. Uh, it's just one of those, like, it almost seemed like a goof that like, I just didn't know how this actually got made. And now I, I've heard from other people who actually enjoyed it as well. They went and saw it in the theater, and they just, they're like, I had a good time. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what you want out of it. Obviously, I'm I'm not expecting some amazing horror film that's going to be like, is it is it really diving into the horror, or is it like cheeky about it? Oh, it's diving into the horror. Like, it, oh. it, the effects in it are just like, it, it they're amazing. Uh, at sometimes you're like, like, oh, they did this in a computer. Like I could do certain <laughs> things, right? But uh, overall, like the the overall look of it was amazing. Yeah. Um. The the effects, the makeup effects. The uh, there's some like uh, demons that either uh someone's in like a a giant black suit mm-hmm. uh with red eyes, right? Or it's like um digitally uh imprinted. Right. in the scene it was all so well done and uh i love that they have like certain uh musical cameos mm-hmm. uh throughout i'm not gonna say who but they are uh they're surprising and a welcome so awesome i mean again it's funny you mentioned their music videos i mean you also have dave Grohl who played the devil and like the tenacious d stuff yep. and like so they've always had some kind of bent where mm-hmm. they just have a lot of fun or they go really into things <laughs> that you just like, wow, how much money did you spend on this video or this little like stupid thing that they did? Exactly. And and yeah, it's not shocking that they did this. And of course, also not shocking that the director that they tapped for it is also a music video director as yep. well, who did stuff for like Slayer uh, and Steve Vai, think people of that nature. So that those are things that give me pause where I'm like, all right, well, what's the quality going to be? But it seems like you were impressed with that enough. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, the only thing I would say is cause you watched it recently and you say you're a fan and so am I, um, the Taylor Hawkins thing. I don't know if I can, did it like bum you out or did, was it kind of like just nice to see him again? You know what? I thought it really was going to like affect me, but mm-hmm. like, you know, that he's, he's gone. Right. Um, but, no, he's just he's there. All the guys are are great in it. They they're almost they're not actors. Right. And they act as such. Sure. Uh but uh you know, it's so funny just to see how they react to uh Dave slowly losing it. Right. Um and you know, kind of like uh you know, doing the uh the jump when he says. But uh no, it was it was good to see Taylor, but man, uh, what a bummer to to lose him yeah uh, at such a young age you know uh it i i've spoke i've spoke about it before where like i 
I really hope for certain uh, entertainers uh, keeping with their sobriety. Right. And uh, to to hear how he went out, it was just like it was surprising and sad. So. Yeah. It really affected me because he's one of my favorite drummers. I even liked him when he was with Alanis Morissette yep. uh, back in the day. He was kind of uh, the thing that made Jagged Little Pill pop uh, to me. And wow, uh, it really hurt. And I know Dave Grohl is one of my favorite people of all time, regardless of music and where he is and all that stuff. He's just a great guy. Uh, he seems like a great hang. And for them to be like kind of besties on top of it. And I love, I've always loved drummers. That's like my big thing too. And so this one hit hard all the way around. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you kind of were able to like push through that. Cause I want to kind of do the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm into that. Well now to, after two very more positive reviews, unfortunately I'm going to kill the mood by doing my last one here. No. Uh, because again, I, I don't know if I just keep having to scratch that itch, but as a former Netflix film podcaster, I also watched uh, Operation Mincemeat, which, you know, I just turned 40s, so by law, I have to watch anything World War II. I think that's a, a dad over the age of 40 thing that we all have to do at some point. And this is based on a true story. Uh, it's about uh, two intelligence officers who use a corpse and false papers to outwit German troops during World War II. And I was excited because, you know, Netflix has been doing really good with their war movies, like Forgotten Battle, and uh, I even liked uh, Munich. What was the... Oh, uh, The war. Edge of War. Munich, oh, Edge The Edge of War, of war uh, as well, that you and I, Chris, uh, did on my old podcast. And this one has an even better cast, because you got Colin Firth uh, as kind of the lead here, uh, Matthew McFadden uh, from uh, Succession, who I like quite a bit, uh, Kelly McDonald, and uh, Jason Isaacs is in this as well, who I like. And it's a movie directed by John Madden, who uh, did yeah, Shakespeare in Love, the best exotic marigold hotel movies, like he did those. And I enjoy those, but more the latter than the former. Uh, and it's also the writer, Michelle Ashford. She's the creator of Masters of Sex. So there was a lot of talent that was going into this. And unfortunately, I think the story kind of peters out in the middle and kind of like lays flat at the end because to me, it's a, it's a gambit that has to go through many permutations as the movie goes on, but it's really kind of thin, uh, for, especially for a movie that's a little over two hours. It doesn't have enough to warrant that. I think this movie should have been told to me in an hour documentary or an hour and a half film, not something that's like two hours and five minutes. Uh, even with this cast, they tried to really flesh it out, but I don't think it was worthy of it. There's some kind of like, you know, love triangle stuff. There's other things that kind of fill in the gaps, but largely you're just kind of setting up literally troops to go not to not to go to Greece and to go to Italy uh, and Sicily instead. That's the whole end game. So ooh. it's not like, ooh, we're going to go win this, you know, particular battle. We're 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 going to go kill Hitler like it was with Munich or something. Yeah. It has nothing to do with those. It's literally just they're expecting us to be here, but instead we want to go here and we're going to tell them we're over here. <laughs> so you, you got me. I'm I know. In. I know. I'm in. It's, it's more interesting than how I just laid it out, 
but it's not interesting enough to hold me for two hours. So I think it was another, unfortunately, Netflix me- mediocre movie. And, and what really shocked me is that this movie was up for like m- best outstanding uh, British film at the BAFTAs this past year. So like even before it came out, uh, it was up for awards. And I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for this movie to come to Netflix. And then it got me. It got me. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, so, you know, if you're a history buff, maybe you get more out of it than I did. But, gosh, it's uh, it's way more simple uh, than it should be. And I am a sucker for World War II films. Um, neither of you watch this one over the weekend, right? No. Nope. No. But what you described was uh, just like, I think it, it feels like every Netflix movie we've ever reviewed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a movie. It was a movie, indeed. Um, but at least senior year was a little bit more of a movie. So Netflix, you get a mixed bag from us in this uh, first iteration of our recent activity. When we come back from this quick break, we will get into our top 10 most anticipated summer movies. I can't wait to do this list. It is so Shane. He took it over. The yeah. bastard. All right. We'll be right back. Hello there. General McMillan, I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older. Anders, you're shorter than I expected. No need to be so uncivilized. I'm Anders, that's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts Daniel and Flo for yet another Star Wars podcast because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars. This season, we're headed, hopefully briefly, back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history of the galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get you podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, we're back, and we're doing the top 10 most anticipated summer movies of 2022. We're not talking about three, four years. We're talking about three, four weeks, fellas. It's coming right around the bend. Uh, I am very excited for these movies, for the most part. Uh, Some of them are clearly Shane and or Chris choices. So you'll hear when I go, yeah, so (laughs) when I start doing that, it's like, uh, it's probably not me. We did a nice point system. We all threw in our top 10 list, and the cream rose to the top, and this is what we get, our nice, pristine top 10 most anticipated summer movie list. And we're going to start at number 10, a movie that Chris was vehemently against. Um, So against. Yeah. Um, But we all love Adam Sandler. (laughs) But we do in spots. And I'll tell you, uh, this particular movie, Hustle, which is coming to Netflix on June 8th, uh, about a washed-up basketball scout who discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. I like Sandler when he's not doing comedies. I also like his comedies some, you know, at varying degrees less lately. But lately, he's killing it with things like uncut gems, or things when he steps out of that little, uh, you know, happy Madison bubble that he's in. And this one, you know, it's got other really good people I like. Ben Foster, Queen Latifah, Robert Duvall. So to me, Shane, you were on board with picking this. You were the tiebreaker that got this movie in. What did you like? I, it has a trailer out now. And I was actually kind of impressed. 
Yeah, the trailer grabbed me. Uh, and plus, you know, I I like sports movies. I'll lay it out there, which I know is not for everybody. Sure. But this has more context than a normal sports movie, it looks like. And plus, like you said, Sandler lately, when he's not in his comedy bag, works for me. Yeah. So I have no doubt that he's going to... He's going to do well in this movie, is almost I mumbled my words out. Um, I do like him in this bag more than the comedy bag. But, again, it just looks intense. It has a great cast. The, the trailer grabbed me. So, And it's a sports movie, which was a tie for me. So I'm like, okay, I'll take Sandler now doing this. Now, Shane, you and I, if we were to actually do what our real recent activity was lately, it would be the NBA and NHL playoffs. And we, you and I are both Celtics fans. And to me, what the irony of this movie is, I'm like, I hope Juancho Hernan Gomez is a better actor than he is an actual NBA player. Because <laughs> he didn't last long in the Celtics. He was in that trade uh, in midseason. So, yeah. And he didn't do much. He averages like five points a game in the NBA. So it's kind of <laughs> funny to see like that level of a player getting to be like this kind of centerpiece but i don't know that like i said the trailer sold it to me right he's no ray allen so we can just move on from there. exactly he's no he's no jesus shuttleworth yeah he probably has game is what we'll call it i guess now chris you you didn't pick this one but do you, are you optimistic about this one at all uh yeah, I also want to add to the cast list that you forgot to mention, uh, Albert Brooks and uh, Brendan Fraser. Oh, uh, you son of a where, bitch. What? Oh, oh wrong, wrong movie. movie. Wrong movie. I'm yeah. sorry. No, actually, I'm with Shane on that. Like, uh, I think Adam Sandler can act. A lot of people uh, need reminders every so yeah. often that uh, that he can do so. This one just looks like um, it looks like more drama than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I. You know, you hear the name hustle, you know, you, you think like, oh, he's he's going to hustle his his way into this. He's sure it's going to be like Uncut Gems. Like part Uncut two. Gems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That should have been called hustle. Yeah, right. Um. Oh, my God. Was he hustling throughout that? And also but, had a better Celtic and Kevin Garnett being in the movie, too. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, uh, you know, I, I think it looks good. Um, Does it look like it's theater worthy that's something i can see you know being thrown to a netflix or being put on uh, hulu sure you know what i mean like it has that feel to me uh it, maybe i'm wrong on the quality but you know i'll check it out that's why it's number 10 not you know in the top five sure yeah but uh yeah i'm interested yeah and and we're equal opportunity here we will do streaming picks mixed with the theatrical ones in this list but i believe you know based on what we have for the most part we're looking forward to maybe a little bit more theatrical because that's what the summer blockbusters are, right? Oh, yeah. It's everybody go to the movies, get a little air conditioning, get a little, you know, stuff blowing up, you know, and and enjoy your evening. So you'll see our list will kind of curtail towards that. But in the meantime, I am uh, very interested in Hustle. You also have the writer, uh, co-writer of A Star is Born writing this as well. So it's not like the, the talent isn't there at all so i'm very into that one number nine was a late edition today because <laughs> shane is a big predator fan not the uh the the deviant ones the ones that make the clicking noises with their mouths um the the trailer the teaser trailer for prey on hulu coming august 5th came out today and it got shane all riled up so i'll start with you why did you want this to be pushed onto our list at number nine? 
because one, uh, I did honestly, I knew this was coming out during the summer. Forgot it was a Hulu is coming to Hulu, so everyone kind of poo pooed Hulu. But just watch it when you're poo pooing Hulu because they're on the come up. But anyway, <laughs> it's true. I am a sucker for Predator movies. I really am. I just I am. And conceptually, I like where they're taking this way back to the beginning. And I like Dan Trackenberg, who only has one feature film under his belt, but that one is 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I loved that movie. Yeah. And that's his only feature film up until now. He shot uh, episodes of Black Mirror, The Boys. So with him under the helm of this movie had me excited. I was like, okay, let's go with this. So I like where they're taking the franchise to with the whole Native Americans or wherever they're at, what timeline they're at 300 years ago. Yeah. I yeah, I am eating this up with a big spoonful. Just gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, as they list it out, it's called The Origin Story of the Predator in the World of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Uh, Nauru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Um, yeah, I definitely got kind of almost like a predator mixed with apocalypto vibes uh, at times with this movie. And the interesting thing you brought up, Dan Trachtenberg, between him and the writer Patrick Azen, I want to say it's A-I-S-O-N, um, those guys know a little something about reinvigorating a franchise between the 10 Cloverfield Lane thing with Trachtenberg and uh, the writer-producer of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan is Patrick Azen. So um, I, I was into that. I've also seen Amber Midthunder in a few things as well. I liked her in The Ice Road for Netflix last year. Uh, she was in Legion, a show I like a lot. And one of my favorite uh, 2010 films, Hell or High Water, uh, she's in that as well. So she's got a lot of cool projects. Um, so I'm enthusiastic about it. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Did you check out the teaser as well? I did. Uh, my expectations are, are a little lower than you fellas, uh, only because uh, I've been burned several times before. Yeah, sorry, Shane um, Black. I love you, but I hated that movie. With a with a passion. It's I, so messy. It, it made no sense. And I think... I don't know what he was attempting with it. Um, really, Shane Black is above that. And yeah. and the fact that he failed so miserably, in my eyes, I was like, can they come back from this? I'm, wait, I'm, I'm staring at Shane waiting for him to go, you shut your mouth. But uh, I don't know if that's coming. Is that coming, Shane? He's turning all sorts of red. Yeah, <laughs> no. it, it's coming. I, admittingly, let's no. not turn this into an We could, but let's not turn it into it. I actually like the Adrian Brody Predators, too. I'll put it out. I there. thought that was I fine. Actually, yeah, yeah, I thought that was fine. And the Shane Black one is choppy and is is as messy editing that movie was. I've watched it multiple times, and I'm an apologist <laughs> for it. I'll keep watching it, sir. Sure. So it has its audience, Chris, is what I would say. And its it, audience, yeah, singular, yeah. And thank God Shane has Hulu. Otherwise, they might have to wait a little longer uh, to get some viewership out of that. Um, any other things you liked about it, Chris? Uh, no, I, I do like the, uh, you know, let's go back into the jungle, yeah. essentially. You know, let's get primitive with it. Uh, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, they've uh, gone uh, several times to this, pan to this planet. I now want Will Smith to come out with, we're getting primitive with it, like a Jiggy With It remix kind of thing right now. Like, I have that in my head. It needs to be in my ears soon. 
I appreciate I, that you're going to bring that. You brought that to the table. I appreciate. I'm it. sorry. Well, I'm going to have to smack you for that one. Uh, no, <laughs> there's there's no there's no need for that. So Shane's going to tell me to shut my mouth, and you're going to slap me. This is going <laughs> excellent, guys. Um, the next one on our list is number eight, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Now, again, this is a Shane special because he was the <laughs> only one to have it on our three list, but he had it so high that it managed to creep up onto our list based on my killer point system that I did to try to be fair and equitable. Um, this is four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar. Uh, dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in the new era. That is a lot of words for, thank God they're ending this world, and thank God they're bringing back the core three, right? You got Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum in this thing. So who's what's better than that if you're a big Jurassic Park fan? And, you know, it's got dinosaurs hunting people. So that's what you want, right, Shane? That's why you put oh. it on here? Oh, absolutely. The bring back the original three. I love Chris Pratt. I like him in this role. I know he's whatever he is these days. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to wrap he's it up. He's Mario, movies. damn it. He's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> these movies, I'll admit, they're outside the first one. They just get just more ridiculous and ridiculous. And, rid and I realize that. I fully embrace that. That being said, it's like you said, what do you want to be at the movie theater? Entertained. Do I think this movie's going to entertain me, but yet kind of get me upset in certain parts because it's so ridiculous? Yes. Right. But... I like how they're, I just curious how they're going to wrap this all up. I like them bringing the original cast back. So I just want to be entertained. This is a movie I can just take my brain out, put it next to me, feed it some popcorn, and let's go. Well, the only reason why I'm optimistic in some way, because at least of the two that were released in the Jurassic World ones, I like the first one better than the second one. And the first one was directed by Colin Trevorrow, uh, and he left to try to do Rise of Skywalker before he was fired off that set. Uh, for They call it creative differences. It got a lot more muddied after that where they thought he was in, uh, an ego bigger than anything on that set, and that really doesn't fly in the Star Wars universe. Um, although people, I don't know, some people like, I guess the script leaked. I'm not going to go in that whole thing. I'm a big Star Wars head, but I'm not going to go down that road. But it is a big redemption story for him. Uh, because he hasn't directed anything really since. Uh, and the only thing he did direct uh, was something that the critics hated in the Book of Henry. So he also said that, you know, there's, he promised there's more animatronic dinosaurs and practical effects this time. So between the nostalgia of the cast, maybe a little more look back in terms of the, the way they do things going back to the Jurassic Park, not Jurassic World period. That's the only thing that's got me tipping upward. Chris, how do you feel about uh, the Jurassic World kind of franchise and where we are now? Are you in? Oof. <laughs> how much time do we have? <laughs> no. Uh, so here's my thing. I love the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. That is it's timeless. one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. It's great. the best. And even its sequels failed to capture that magic. The first one did. Sure. Um, as we've discussed, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Jurassic Park 2 and 3 kind of blend together with me that I don't know which one I'm referring to. Right. 
and almost the same thing with uh, the first two Jurassic Worlds. I honestly had to look up this part that bothered me, and I'm the only one it bothered, was when uh, the hamster ball goes into the water. Owen dives in, and he's got to pry it open, but he can't get it open. But, hey, he's got a gun on him, and he managed to he manages to shoot a hole in a bulletproof hamster ball and get the, uh, the people he's trying to save out. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't we learn that from Jimmy Fallon in the, uh, the first one that they're bulletproof. Like he shoots at the, the plexiglass. It shoot ricochets all over the, the studio that he's at. It's that kind of dumb stuff that bothers me. And I can't <laughs> get behind this is a deep a cut, sir. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, and, uh, and even in this trailer that, uh, you know, one of the Raptors is like on, I think it's Bryce Dallas Howard's heels mm-hmm. and she's outrunning this thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no don't chance. Put him in, yeah. That's the thing. Don't put him in situations that, you know, paint him in a corner, you know? But- oh, you know, now she's faster than the Raptor. I get it. I get it. I'm wrong. I'm the idiot. <laughs> but to defend Shane and his love for it a little bit, I understand it from a point because you and I are kindred spirits that we love, like Godzilla and Kong, like all those type of things too, uh, where it's just, uh, just get me to the point when I get to see big animals or big, you know, things just going after each other like a, a kaiju thing, like like the end of Peacemaker or something, or like Pacific Rim, whatever. Just It's big, dumb things clashing against each other, and as long as it's not just an awful, awful CGI fest and engages me somehow in the story, I can ride with it a lot of times. So in the trailer, I was focusing on, what what is it, the Allosaurus? Which one's the one that's like the largest carnivore that goes after him at the end? I was like, all right, that's up my speed. Just go after and do it. And when that other dinosaur jumps off of a building onto the motorcycle, like it's like I'm watching a Jason Bourne movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do all the dumb things because that is what's going to get me at the end of the day. Do you feel like that, Shane? Is that what gets you going? Uh, uh, you just melted my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. See, Chris, I thought you were going to bring up the point where I thought the most ridiculous point of the whole franchise is when Bryce Dallas Howard, however you say her name, was running away from the T-Rex in her high heels. I I thought you were going to point to that scene rather than the (laughs) Owen shooting. No, that's been beaten to death. I I wanted to give new blood. Yeah, well, you know, you could take your new blood and, Mm, you know, stuff it in the sock. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to be a lot more optimistic now. Uh, going forward because I feel like the top seven especially the top six I think all of the first six are were on all our lists so I think we'll be real uh more in locked step as we go through but number seven Chris and I are all about and Shane I don't know where you lost this one buddy but bodies 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 is number seven uh it's coming out August 5th which if we've heard that before uh, that's because the Predator prequel, Prey, try saying that three times fast, um, making my hosting bucks with that one, and Bullet Train, uh, which we'll talk about next, um, all coming out August 5th. What a day. What a day to be alive. I might have to take that day off of work just to watch everything. Um, but Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is an A24 film. 
Uh, it's in the horror genre, which is doing excellent on our list, too. Um, it's about when a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion. The party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing, fake friends, and one party gone very, very wrong. It's got a lot of people I like. Amanda Stenberg from Hunter Games and Dear Evan Hansen. Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. Rachel Sinote from Shiva Baby and Pete Davidson from Everywhere You Look, it seems like these days. This also had a really awesome trailer. Uh, and man, uh, Chris, I'll start with you because yep. the, the big thing you said to me with this movie, you're like, yeah, and just A24 is killing it this year. Oh, they really are. Like, uh, you know, with everything everywhere all at once, they, yeah. they solidified their, uh, their importance in film just with that alone. But uh, you had to point out bodies, bodies, bodies to me because uh, uh-huh. I hadn't heard anything about it. But then when I watched it, I get a, a very um, knives out, ready or not kind of feel from it. I was going to say ready or not. Yeah, for sure. Because um, you got the you know, game aspect, but there's more going on. And it's, yep. it, it feels more modern. It doesn't feel like all those things kind of had to feel kind of classic. This yeah. feels like that modern update in that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I may not recognize everyone but Pete uh, Davidson. Man, I mm-hmm. almost said Pete Davis. I'm like, who the hell is that? Um, <laughs> Probably a backup catcher for the Royals back in the 80s. <laughs> that's exactly who I was thinking of. That's right. You know, <laughs> yeah. me and spurts, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm into like a, a messed up whodunit kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Shane, this was not on your list, but have you seen the trailer at least? Are you in on some level? Uh, the only way I'll be in on this level is if you guys see it first <laughs> and tell me no and tell me Pete Davidson dies in the first 30 seconds to this film. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes from Suicide Squad that he got blown up in the first <laughs> minute of that film. I cannot stand Pete Davidson and I usually stay away from his movies. I just don't like looking at him. I There's certain actors, Chris will tell you that I, I like Ashton Kutcher's on that list. Mm. Dax, Dax Shepard's on that list. I will not watch one of your movies if I don't like you like that. And okay. when I when I saw he was in this cast, I'm like, no way. I'm not seeing it. But for this freaking show, I'll let you guys see it first. <laughs> Just spoil the Pete Davidson part for me and then I'll I'll go in. But if you tell me he survives to the end of this movie, I'm out. Wow. <laughs> That's sad, man, because I can think of three movies with pete davidson in them that i i immediately would be like god that's a really good movie though i hope you at least watched uh you know I, the first one that came to mind was big time adolescence i don't know if you guys have seen that movie but man uh it's it it was a shocking movie to me because i did not even hear about it i just popped it on uh during i think it was maybe during covid times and i it was so impressed and you know i don't know if it's just the emotional time we were in or whatever it got to me it was like a very cool movie because it reminded me of a lot of like friends that i knew growing up and things like that and i don't know it, it was just really good in between that and uh, uh what king of staten island. king of staten island i was trying to remember the first part of that yeah the apatow movie king of staten island um and also uh set it up the uh netflix rom-com that's probably one of the best movies they've ever done so yeah man you would be missing out on on all those and i would feel bad for you because those are very very good movies so i'm into it but then i gotta look at his face for three hours especially it's the joe fair. apatow movie it's like, fair. 
set it up he's only in a supporting role so maybe you can stomach that one but uh yeah the uh, the other ones they're kind of like his thing so um yeah, but yeah man a, I, i'm super into it i was gonna say but even in uh big time adolescence he's like second fiddle but like yeah he's shown a little bit more than you know a cameo yeah he's a lot yeah. of that movie he, yeah he's true. quite a bit yeah, yeah. uh it's kind yeah it's kind of like co-headline kind of thing um, I still say missed opportunity was uh, having John Cryer be his dad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, there's this odd thing that, you know, this kid who's never met this guy before looks exactly like this guy. Yeah, it kind of works out. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially knowing the story behind Pete Davidson, where his dad was like a firefighter. And so I don't see that in John Cryer, but I totally get the the vibe you're talking about, yeah. though, uh, which is interesting. Um but yeah, bodies, 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 man. I am, I am interested. I would recommend people watch the trailer. I think it looks very cool. Um, and yeah, a twenty-four, man, killing it. Uh, one that uh, Chris was probably looking for on the list, but is not, is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, that we were, we were all very kind of into on some level, but I think it didn't make um, either minor Shane's list. So I think that's why it didn't uh, make it through. Um, but yeah, they got men coming up next week. That's a 24, uh, Ari Aster has a new movie. Darren Aronofsky has a new movie. Joanna Hogg has a new movie all before the end of the year. So a 24, keep it up, man. Uh, I'm all about it. Uh, number six was definitely on all three of our lists. This is where we kind of all come together. Bullet train, as I mentioned before, it comes out August 5th. This is about a trained killer called ladybug. Uh, who wants to give up the life but is pulled back in by his handler in order to collect a briefcase on a bullet train heading from Tokyo to Moriako. On board are fellow assassins Kimura, the Prince, Tangerine, and Lemon. Once on board, the five assassins discover that their objectives are all connected. Stellar cast on this one, Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Joey King, Zazie Beetz, Brian Tyree Henry, Bad Bunny, Michael Shannon, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who got Craven the Hunter based on the role uh, of the footage from this movie that got him that basically as a blind audition. Wow. And it's all directed by David Leach, who is, if you don't like him, he's at least mostly entertaining. Uh, between Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde, and Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, he also was Brad Pitt's former stunt double. So it's a nice little okay. connection bringing that all together. He was that for a while. Uh, the I didn't writer, know that. yeah, uh, the writer Zach Okowitz, uh, He also wrote Fear Street Part Two, nineteen seventy eight, and that was my favorite of the Fear Street trilogy. So I'm in. I, I like the trailer. The trailer it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot more slick than I thought, but I'm still in. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. What did you like about Bullet Train? What pulls you in? I like that uh, you're not getting serious Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. I, I feel like he's he's done those roles where it's just like, okay, he's an actions guy or he's, you know, very stoic, by the book, whatever. Yeah. And then this, he's like this goofball. He's just like, I like seeing it. Uh, and an action movie set on a train? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I, I, I'm in too, and uh, I just watched the first hour. Sorry, I hate it when I stop a movie in between, but I was too tired. But uh, I watched The Lost City, or I started watching it on Paramount Plus because it's on streaming now, and Brad Pitt 
steals the show in the in that first hour. So it's it's a smaller role cameo type thing, but he is the best part of that first hour. So I, I loved it. And it was again like a funny role coming out of nowhere, this Brad Pitt thing. And it's not too dissimilar to what I'm seeing here in the trailer. I mean, obviously not same for same. He's like an adventurer kind of guy in, in Lost City, but yeah, it, it's it's very interesting to see him in this kind of cheeky character role that, you know, is kind of actiony, but fun. Just fun. He's pure fun. Shane, what did you like about Bullet Train? Everything you guys just said. I read the description. <laughs> you got five assassins on a train, all vying over the same thing. I mean, come on. Do you need to say anything more than that? Like you said, I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he's been underrated for about 10 years. Mm. I, I love every project he's in. I thought this trailer did a good job because until I looked up the full cast, I don't think Sandra Bullock's in the trailer at all. Her voice is. You ha- you could see her mouth in the beginning, but yeah, her okay. voice is distinct, but yeah. And like I said it to Chris, otherwise yeah. Chris didn't get like, that what? either. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think this is Brad Pitt's bag. It's like you said, he, it's uh, he's uh, that cool demeanor, just that very laissez-faire kind of character. I just think it's going to be very just entertaining, action-packed. I like the director, like you said. Atomic yeah. Blonde was one of my favorite movies when it came out that year. Mm. I love the feel and look of that movie. And the action was just fantastic. And he pulls it off where, like, some of my biggest problems with female action stars is, like, okay, you're 130 pounds. Like, mm. you're not, yeah, like you, but, like, Charlie Theron in that movie, like, felt and looked like she could actually, like, it just was so impactful, her action scenes. Like, wow, she looks like she can do some damage. Yeah. So, I think it's in great hands. I think it's going to be a really fun time. I am, I'm all over this movie. Yeah, David Leach is also uncredited as uh, kind of like a co-director at John Wick, too. That's what made him so appealing, and that's why he ends up doing a lot of these. It started that whole chain of former stunt coordinators now turning into action directors, and a lot of them have been very successful with it, and he's kind of like more of the shining example of that. Um Extraction was also done by a former stunt coordinator, um, which uh, was the movies produced by the Russos, but it was the Russos kind of stunt coordinator for like things like What's Your Soldier and that kind of thing. So, yeah, and he I, was one of the guys in, in Extraction. He was the, the bearded guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely a, a trend that I don't mind at all. In fact, uh, the person who's still in charge of the John wick franchise was also, they were both stunt coordinators that kind of had to get each other's back to get it off the ground. So I'm all in on bullet train. I think it looks fun, even if it's, you know, maybe all over the place or just too cheeky at times, but Hey man, pump up that, you know, Japanese version of the BG staying alive. And uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. The next one, Shane is happy to talk about, but also mad somehow that it only landed at number five. And I, that is all because Chris put it way too low on his list. Um, so we'll start with Shane after it because we'll, we'll get the party started. Number five is Top Gun Maverick, which comes out May 27th on Memorial Day weekend. The, the hell weekend for, the, for us guys here because we already talked about how we're going to have to cover that. Obi-Wan and Stranger Things season four all in one shot. And it's going to be woo, a lot. Um, this, of course, is 30 years plus after the original movie uh, where you're bringing back Pete Mitchell 
uh, a.k.a. Tom Cruise, um, where he is pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Um, this, of course, brings back Tom Cruise, as I mentioned. Uh, it also supposedly brings back Val Kilmer, even though he's very compromised right now. So I would imagine it is uh, not going to be uh, a large role uh, whatsoever, unfortunately, because we all love Val Kilmer. Um, Jennifer Connelly is also here. Miles Teller, Glenn Powell, John Hamm, and Monica Barbaro. Uh, gosh, the initial reviews on this, especially coming out of CinemaCon, and I think it's also going to the Cannes, Cannes Film Festival next week. Um, wow. I haven't seen this positivity from from the most like highbrow of critics where they're just like, this was just fun. You know, like people like who are just, you know, they don't even like the Oscar movies that they have to cover when they're meant for that. And they're like, but Top Gun Maverick. Oof, that was a good one. So... I am so optimistic because it's making everybody turn into an 80s kid again, and I love it. Uh, Shane, I'll go with you. Why you in, buddy? What 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 turned you on? Are you a fan of the original? I rewatched it today, actually. I, I wanted to do the homework, so I rewatched Top Gun today, and I, I'm, I'm in, man. I think they can only go up uh, in terms of the flight technology, and I think the trailer sold me on that. Right. And way to bring the list down, Chris. Um, <laughs> I'll explain when it comes to me. No, no, no. Don't explain. I don't, you know, for me, for me, it's two words. It's Tom Cruise. Why do he is going to save the summer? Uh, he's going to save all the movies this summer. This is going to be, <laughs> it probably won't do more than the Thor in the box office. But when is Tom, he's let you down before, but Tom Cruise, to me, I've defended this guy my whole, he's the biggest movie star of our generation, period. Yeah. He's been putting out quality movies for 40 years. Four decades, pretty much. Yeah. Coming off his Mission Impossible movies, which are fantastic. And this had me hooked on the very first trailer. Like what you said with the flight technology, the cast, Miles Teller, who's another very underrated actor. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit. You know, so, And bring in the stash, baby. Bring in the Goose's son yeah, stash. Exactly. And you got Jennifer Connelly. I mean... The whole thing pops. And again, Tom Cruise is so charismatic. I don't care what people say about him and they, they get put off by him and his personal life. Who cares, people? He's going to save the summer of movies. Yeah. yeah. I'm in, man. I'm in the same boat. I, I'm jacked up. Even though I will say, to be fully honest, I like Top Gun. I think I'm a little too young to be like, I saw it in the movie theater and it transfixed me <clears throat> age. But... I do like the movie, so it, I need to be sold with something like this trailer, and I'm in. Uh, Chris, why are you not that much in, you son of a bitch? Because we're <laughs> going to see it on Thursday. So I know. Oh, we're, we're, it's, it's no, coming next up. Next Thursday. Yeah. yeah, no, no, but I'm just saying it's coming yeah. up. So my anticipation is more attainable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why it's not higher on my list. I'm going see. to see it. Well, because it's the kickoff. That to me, it like, is. Yeah. yeah, but to me, like, we're already hearing about it. So that's why I don't know. That's why it jumped up higher for me because at least I could taste it. People have no, seen it and no. they already are saying good things. I'm the opposite. Like, I, I, it was already on my list. Like, regardless of the other nine, this yeah. was going to be somewhere on my list. I love the first Top Gun. You know, I was eight when it came out. Yeah, and uh, you know. 
<laughs> shows uh, my uh, my parents were too good to me. Uh, yeah, you can <laughs> see Top Gun. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, as you're watching Bang Into Berlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. No, um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's part of my childhood. Like Shane said, that first trailer, you're like, that's not green screen. Are that... you saying it took your breath away? It did. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. see what you did there. No, uh, so I I was in because, like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, there's more people talking about Tom Cruise and Scientology than Tom Cruise does. Right. There's never in any interview, in anything outside of promoting a movie, does he say, you know, being a Scientologist, I blah blah blah. Nothing. It's all yeah. talked about with him, you know, so I have no problem. If he was up there saying, hey, this movie is brought to you by Scientology and, you know, went into this whole tirade, <laughs> yeah, he's then it would be like, Cameron. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> this, <laughs> no, this is not Mission no. Impossible left behind. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. man. You made me LOL. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, I, I'm in. Like, Tom Cruise, uh, Top Gun, the documentary. Um, it, it's, no one told him it's a movie. They just said, "Hey, uh, get in the plane." He's like, "All right." You want me to I teach know. some people Wait. how to fly? I was very tempted. I don't know if you did this, Shane, but they have those videos out now where, like, Tom Cruise is kind of doing like the instructional thing of like some of the scenes that they did. Did you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff? Did you really just ask me that? Ah. Well, see, I don't know if you're the guy who's like, sit, "I'll watch it after I see the movie." Like, I don't want anything ruined. Ish. No, 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 no. I was, yep, I've seen all the clips. I, I've seen everything. And to me, I was just about <laughs> to say, this is a movie where I would watch all the extra deleted footage that hit the floor. Like, whatever's deleted, I'm scooping it up and I'm watching it. Yeah. Nice. I, I can see a, that. I think a lot of action is probably going to be cut from this movie. So, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I, yeah, uh, I could go on and on about Mr. Cruz. So the extended volleyball <laughs> scenes are all Shane needs in his life right now. Shane, did you do the uh, the uh, what your uh, call sign name is? No, uh, no. There's actually there's actually a thing. I I got like an I think an email through you know some promotion, and it said you know just put your information here. I'm like mm, I don't know, but I am curious as to what they would give me for a call sign. Why is my call sign stolen identity? <laughs> Bankrupt? What does that mean? <laughs> no, it. but I, I was tempted because it, it, I think it was legit. It's through, who the hell uh, is the studio? Paramount? Yeah. They held this thing for like yeah. two years because they knew they had something solid and good on them. Good on them yeah. that they didn't do this as like a dump to streaming or something to try to prop up Paramount Plus when they were launching it. But it's Good on be, them that they held this. Yeah, it was supposed to be what, last Christmas? Oh, God, they pushed it back so many times. The, oh, yeah. the My favorite thing in this whole thing, I swear to God, we'll move on, is <laughs> I think it's now been a year or a year and a half that I have a Top Gun Maverick popcorn bin, uh, tin that they had at the movie theaters that is like literally, like I said, a year and a half old, I think, at this point, because they were prepping for last summer to try to put it out. So I'm glad I have it, especially if this movie is good. It's going to be incredible. Can I'm you bring that my in? Call sign right now. All right. So you did find it, right? Yep. Oh my god. Oh, I need to hear what this is. <laughs> oh, Inferno. 
Inferno. That's a good oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. Inferno. Because <laughs> your plane is going down in flames. <laughs> I don't oh want to hear God. anything flame after you uh, flame yeah. out like and, and kill Goose, yeah. you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, faulty canopy. What? <laughs> no. No, that's not my call sign. <laughs> Everybody dies. That's a weird one. Is that going to fit on the helmet? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but moving on, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super in, and Chris and I are going to go. We're going to have a great time. We're going to, you know, share Twizzlers and whatever. It'll be. Great. I was going to say, can you bring that tin in? I wish they can. I, I, I'm, maybe I could pull enough strings as I have friends who are managers there that that could be the thing. I, I will totally enjoy that. That'll be uh, funny. But I believe number four is only maybe at number four because of Chris having it lower, I think, again, if I'm not mistaken. Stop attacking um, me. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> the Gray Man is our number four. This is actually coming out a week in theaters before it hits Netflix. So it'll be limited run on July 15th and then on Netflix on July 22nd. This is the Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas uh, spy vehicle. It's about when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, except I would hope the CIA, <laughs> accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins, which I think if I say international assassins, Shane immediately gets like an alert on his phone or something like that. It, he, all the bells and whistles go off. Like I said, this stars Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and Ana Diarmas. It also has Jessica Henwick, who I'm a big fan of, even in crap like Iron Fist, unfortunately, that she had to endure. Um, but she was recently in uh, Resurrections. Major Matrix Resurrection, uh, Matrix Resurrections. Yep, um, Billy Bob Thornton's here as well. Alfred Woodard and the guy from Bridgerton, uh, Reggie Jean, Jean Page, or however it's pronounced. Close enough. Sure. So basically, an incredible cast, a great spy versus spy story. This is directed by the Russo brothers, who are teaming back up with Marcus and McFeely, uh, the screenwriters who, of course, helped them write Infinity War. Endgame, also Winter Soldier. They go deep with those guys and make some of the best Marvel movies I've ever seen. Uh, also, it looks really good with cinematographer Stephen F. Winden from the last five Fast and the Furious movies coming on board. This is Netflix's biggest budget film overtaking Red Notice, which I hope it doesn't look anything like Red Notice because I don't know where the money went. Um, but yeah, this is... I guess doing so well for them in their own minds before it even comes out that they have now greenlit a prequel film about Evan's vi uh, villain character and also a true sequel. Oof, guys, it's a lot. But I am really, really into The Gray Man. Uh, Chris, we'll start with why maybe you don't trust Netflix for some reason. I Andrew, confession time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't trusted Netflix in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I am so glad you're here on recent activity uh, because <laughs> yeah. uh, Nomcast was not doing good for you. Yeah, uh, I could be more selective now. It's very yes, good. <laughs> yes, welcome. Welcome to broadening your horizons. No, I, I do like 
all involved. I just don't trust the handling of it through Netflix. Mm. I, uh, I don't blame you. Red Notice killed a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, they they were really pushing for the stars and and saying, you know, oh, these people are in it, huh? You know these names? Aren't they awesome? You yeah. like them in other stuff. Why not like this? And then when it finally showed up, you're like, did they write this on the fly? Did they say, oh, we have Ryan Reynolds. Let's, you know, let him go. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the, let's throw all the money at him. All the yeah. money at it. It was just like an embarrassment of riches thrown at it. And the quality was subpar. It really was. Right. I, I, you know, I watched it and I'm through with it. Uh, there's no rewatch with me. It was oh, just, it's complete garbage. It, it was it, it, a lot of head scratching moments. Yeah. But the trailer um, for this one, I am very optimistic. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, everyone involved, uh, the Russos know who to work with. Grab a Chris in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you will definitely, um, you know, be successful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, bring, bringing the us. band back together. That's what I like about this whole thing. <clears throat> yeah. It's bringing a lot of people who are very strong in what they do, but we're just extracting the whole Marvel thing. And I'm hoping that it still works. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, um, and plus you're adding an Anna de Armas. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. How could you go wrong? It always works. Always. It always works on me. So, Shane, you obviously had the gray man higher than Chris did because maybe I, I did enough of a job on you that you still trust Netflix, sort of. Um, but maybe you just trust what you're seeing. What'd you see? It doesn't take much for me to get excited about a film. I don't know if that's an indictment of my taste. <laughs> sure. Anytime you throw assassins, which seems to be like a running theme in this list, CIA, action, yeah. it doesn't take much for me to watch that movie. You got yeah. the Russo brothers. You got, for me, it's Ryan Gosling. I haven't seen him in a long time. I am a huge Ryan Gosling fan. Four years. Four yeah. years since his last film. So I am stoked about that. I love Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Oh, my God. I'm excited about that Netflix movie where she plays Marilyn Monroe because apparently that's getting an NC-17 rating. We'll talk about yes, that later. it does. But yeah. as long as this is Avengers Marvel Russos and not Cherry Russo, uh, yeah, Cherry Russo with Tom yeah. Holland, but this seems to be more back to the roots of action and big budget and big stars, and I have full trust in them. And again... It doesn't take much to get me on board. And then you throw a star on like Ryan Gosling, and that's it. Yeah, you make a great point about the Russos. To me, I think they need to prove something with this movie. Because can they survive outside of the Marvel machine has always been a thing. And they've been pretty good at producing movies. You know, Extraction was a success. They are actually uh, producers on Everything Everywhere All at Once. So that was a success for them. But as you said, yeah, Cherry was a big bomb that a lot of people did not like. Um, and even 21 Bridges, which I think was the first thing they produced uh, outside that. of that. It's okay. It's not good. It's really not that good. And especially for having Chadwick Boseman in his prime, you need to do better. So this is what I'm saying. They kind of need to prove something to me. Netflix needs to prove something to me, especially with their big budget fare. And, but I've been saying for years, they they are so hungry for franchises. And if this one actually works for them, man, that would be huge uh, to get them 
you know, back in a more positive conversation after they lost subscribers and, and lost a truckload of money uh, with their stockholders. So to me, this is a big comeback story for a lot of people. And all I'll say is Chris Evans' mustache, I think, might be the best story of it all. So <laughs> It gets top billing. It does. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Between that and the flat top, he looks like a live-action G.I. Joe. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I want to give him a call sign. That's something fun. Um, I'm glad that his villain character is going to get a prequel. I love the fact that Chris Evans was up for the lead in here and said, no, I want to play the villain. So that is also intriguing for me. So that's why it's high up on my list, but is overall our number four. So now this leads into number three, The Black Phone, uh, which comes out on June 24th. Um, this movie already got pushed back because word on the street was like, this is too good for the original date that they had. So they pushed it into a more prime summer uh, opening, which again, we talked a lot of horror in this episode and the summer is full of it and I love it. And we probably, I believe, have one more after this one too. <laughs> so it's all, it, it's not just hot girl summer, it's hot horror summer, man. It's like all over the place. It's either, like Shane said, where it's like CIA conspiracy, like government stuff, it's or it's Marvel, it or it's horror. I think that encompasses most of our list. And I'm all for it. Those are my favorite things in the world. So <laughs> this one it stars Ethan Hawke, Jeremy Davies, Madeline McGraw, and Mason Timms? Thames? We'll, we'll, we'll find out when they become a bigger star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie's about uh, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement. Already sounds amazing. Uh, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Super creepy trailer, especially that mask that Ethan Hawke's character wears in a variety of different ways. Ugh. I could see that, like, it's already in my mind's eye, just hanging out there. But we already had brought this movie up in our last episode, the Doctor Strange Review, because this is done by Scott Derrickson and the writer C. Robert Cargill, uh, who worked on Doctor Strange, and they left Multiverse of Madness uh, over creative differences and ended up making this instead. This is based on a Joe Hill short story that is Stephen King's son who is the creator of Lock and Key. He also wrote Horns as well if you've ever seen that. So a lot of stuff that I think makes for a very good movie and the fact that they did like I said push into the summer makes me even more optimistic. Chris we'll start with you. What do you like in what you saw about the black phone? I uh, I love the creep factor in it and uh, oh, yeah. I know Scott Derrickson can do that he does that well um yeah, sinister totally yeah I, I like the mood of sinister i didn't like the execution of sinister but mm. you know that it's all right it was you know i'm over it i'm over it <laughs> but uh no uh i i always like ethan hawk uh because he, he always does something against type he's not like you know his 90 90s persona you know just like yeah. oh the cool guy and you know, I'm indie and like he can do whatever role he's tasked to do. Yeah. And uh, the black phone actually reminds me a little bit of frequency. <laughs> right. Is, I think the second time you brought up frequency. I, I love in, that uh, movie. And our podcast episodes, movie. too. Yeah, it is a good and movie. And 
uh, a second reference to uh, Chris Evans, the movie Cellular, which ah, yeah. was better than it should have been. Yeah, sure. And uh, I, I don't think many people know of that. Uh, him trying to save Kim Basinger. And I was about to say Kim Basinger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is like this small connection to his cell phone. Uh, which I think is like the early infancy of people actually having a cell phone. Right. Uh, and he just catches uh, her, her pleas for uh, help. So right. um, kind of has that feel to it. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm oddly intrigued, but I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up because like I said, sinister had that sinister, if you know, you can forgive the term uh, mm. feel to it that uh you know didn't exactly wow me uh by the end of it but uh overall i i do like what i see shane what did you think about this because the trailer's been around for a while because they had to push this so early um but now that it's been pushed back to the summer where do you sit with the black phone i had this high on my list too because one i'm a big ethan hawk fan uh, I like Scott Derrickson. I like Sinister. I like the just the creepy, this makes your skin crawl, atmospheric feel to it. And with the whole mask thing with Ethan Hawke. And if yeah. You've heard me before on your podcast and other podcasts and even my October thing. I'm a huge horror fan. And this one doesn't have Pete Davidson in it. So <laughs> that's a plus for me. But I, Ethan Hawke does well with these kind of low budget kind of movies. And yeah. he kicked this off with like what made Bloom what put Bloomhouse on the map with Purge, the first Purge movie. So sure. <laughs> the only thing that bothered me a little bit in the trailer, it's like, dude, if you know the phone's gonna be a problem, just rip it off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know they'll probably work their way around that story wise. Sure. Just remove it and the yeah. movie. Yeah. I don't know. Those are pretty bolted in there. Right. Yeah. Had some dad strength really got that into the wall there. It's like, oh, I can't get this off. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very optimistic. Uh, yeah, I just want this movie to be here already. It seems like it's been you know, being promoted for three years. Uh, it feels like a very long time. So that's why maybe my tone isn't as high for like how much I actually want to see this movie. But I just wanted it already here. Um, number two is a movie that a lot of people will be familiar with because it's a big Marvel product for the year uh thor love and thunder comes out july 8th uh this of course has thor enlisting the help of valkyrie korg and his ex-girlfriend jane foster to fight gore the god butcher who intends to make the gods extinct this of course brings chris hemsworth's thor back to the fold natalie portman of course bringing jane foster back into the fold which i thought would never happen again um, Christian Bale playing Gore the God Butcher, Russell Crowe as Zeus, uh, of course Tessa Thompson being Valkyrie, and basically all of the Guardians of the Galaxy amongst many, many others in this as well. Yeah, you got a lot of things to like here, including Natalie Portman's guns. Uh, we'll start with Shane on this one. What did you like about what you're seeing from Thor, Love and Thunder? Because it just feels like a continuation of Ragnarok to me. Um, sure. Along with intermitting uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy in there as well on some certain level. Um, yeah. I think Tiki turned this franchise around. I love the comedic feel it gave Thor. Um, it, it was just a funny, one of the most rewatchable Marvel movies they have in their dockets. So just based on that alone, this was the most looked 
look forward to Marvel movie I had going in all year. I thought it was kind of risky on their part, maybe not, that they waited so late to drop a teaser. Like it, I mean, it was like May, like April when we got a, uh, a sure. teaser for this movie. But yeah, I mean, you got a like you said a beefy, roided up Jane Foster in this movie, <laughs> which kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I was like, wow, she's really hitting the the squat rack there. Uh, for this movie, but no, I think it's going to be a fun romp. I think you'll get some emotion with it, with Thor coming off being Fat Thor from uh, Endgame. You see him training with the chains. You get yeah, addition. like CrossFit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, hey, that's kind of ridiculous, but oh well. Uh, yeah. Then you add Christian Bale in here, which I I love Christian Bale. So mm-hmm. yeah, this if this movie disappoints, it'll crush me for a little a little while. So that's where I'm at. With this, and I love Chris Hemsworth. I'm an unabashed Chris Hemsworth fan as well. Yeah, the interesting thing is not only is the teaser kind of late in the game, we also haven't seen Christian Bale yet in any kind of prominent fashion, and we just get kind of a tease of the the uh, Natalie Portman guns holding Molnir uh, on that as well. Chris, where are you sitting with Thor: Love and Thunder? Yes, <laughs> I know them. <laughs> They're friends from other movies. <laughs> I am Mr. I'm Marvel's in. back. <laughs> I am in. Uh, I didn't even have to see a trailer. I, I say that since midway through the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Uh, I I don't even need to see a trailer because I am there. Uh, yeah. They may have had a few missteps with I don't know Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, go back know, and listen to our review. Our review. Uh, some of the series, you know, looking at you, Moon Knight. Um, but I, I won't say I loved the first Thor, but I mm-hmm. loved the introduction of him. Like right. that, he leapt from the page to the screen, and Kenneth Branagh did a, a good job of in inflecting, uh, like that Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was the proper guy for it. And then kind of dipped down with the uh, Thor, Dark World. Uh, but as it. you said, uh, Andrew, there's certain things in it that you can yeah. glom and say, oh, that was well done. Um, yeah. But Sean overall. Pro- uh, Shane is probably at home playing with Frost Giant figures <laughs> and like bashing them together. Yeah. Yes. He, he, no, put him down, Shane. Put him down. Not now. Not now. <laughs> Some dark elves just coming out of nowhere. It's good. It's fine. Take the helmet off. Take take the Loki <laughs> helmet off. Um, but uh, then you know, uh, Taika came back with uh, with Ragnarok and uh, kind of just like gave a much needed punch in the arm to uh, the character and uh, kind of like fleshed it out more. Um, yeah. Made it more fun. I like the matchup of him now with the Guardians because it kind of flows into that yeah. same vibe. Yep, as Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, all I needed to see was the the one teaser trailer, if you want to call it teaser, whatever. Uh, I don't have to see anything else. I am in. Just answer me this one thing. How am I going to avoid any promotion <laughs> from now until July? It's going to be real hard. It's going to be real hard. If you live on uh, the social media like we have to, especially being podcasters, it's damn near impossible. Um, I also want to know, is Moon Knight, because he's connected with the gods in a movie about, you know, the god butcher, is that going to be a thing? Because if it is, 
I can't run away fast enough. I, I want that erased from my brain. I'm hoping, based on the timing of when these were all shot, I'm going to say no. But, hey, reshoots really messed up Doctor Strange, who says it's not going to affect Thor Love and Thunder. The other big albatross, and I don't want to belabor it, especially not at this point. I wonder <laughs> if they also delayed it a little bit because they probably didn't want to hear this conversation over and over. The comics, they really went hard after when Thor changed to a female. And I don't know how much they're going to move things along. If this, I doubt that Natalie Portman's going to just take the reins. But I am fascinated with how this is all going to transpire and what level she's going to be Thor and him Thor at the same time and how these things kind of coincide. Shane, do you kind of have any leanings on that and uh, any trepidations with that? Um, I didn't until you just bought that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I personally don't care. Um, if they could do whatever they like. I'm just enjoying the Hemsworth experience to where I hope it doesn't override something. Right. I don't think they will based on the way they've handled that stuff in the past. I think it'd be a smooth transition. And honestly, for me, thinking about it, I don't care if it happens early on in the film for some reason. Right. I think they're going to have Chris Hemsworth still do his own thing. I think, I don't know how the movie's going to go, but maybe like the end of Guard or end game where he goes off and does his own adventures and leaves yeah. Jane Foster, much like he left Valkyrie to be the new, you know, in charge of Asgard. So I, I see yeah. kind of going that route, but like you said, I, I, as long as I'm entertained and they do it right, p- people just need to get off their crap because they just don't like change. Anytime you change a character from one, like they're just going to, they're going to comment and they're going to boohoo it, but shut up and just watch the movie and enjoy it. Well, and if anybody wants to look for uh, a piece of optimism, too, Christian Bale, after doing the Christopher Nolan Batman movie, said he was not doing any more comic book movies. And, of course, now he is doing this one, and he did it based on how good the script was. So if anyone wants you know, that little bit of optimism to kick them in to gear for this movie, if you needed anything more and you're a Marvel fan, I think that should should help you along. Until you get to July 8th. Number one, guys, we're here, finally, is Nope. (laughs) The new horror film from Jordan Peele, uh, starring Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer from Hustlers and Alice, and Oscar nominee Steven Yeun, and my man, Keith David, who I can't wait to see how he's going to be tied in with this. Uh, The residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. I love how cloak and dagger this movie is. I love that the one trailer is all you really need. And it's very kind of brief and to the point. I love, I'm one of those people who I think the premise and how much it changed things with Get Out was important. I love the tone of us better than I like Get Out. I'm one of the rare people I think I think that movie is more rewatchable than Get Out, even though I really like Get Out. Um, so I think he's getting better and better. Like I said, I really love the trailer, especially with Kiki Palmer getting sucked up into the sky. <laughs> uh, I really love the the visuals on that. We have an Oscar-nominated cinematographer in Hoyt Van Hodema, uh, who does a lot of the... Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan movies, Dunkirk, Interstellar, and Tenet. So 
I am going to na 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 run to the movie theater when this thing comes out. How about you, Chris? How you feeling on Nope? For Nope, I'm a uh, yep. <laughs> I uh, I really love uh, right there, yeah, right there. It's a, it's a I I love uh, Jordan Peele's vision. There are a lot of people who were a little kind of they weren't fully in to us. <laughs> but uh that's our tagline damn it god damn it um no but uh when when it's the follow-up to uh get out you yeah. know it, the bar was set pretty high with get out i thought yeah i thought it was so well done and you know this is from a comedic mind mm-hmm. he obviously loves horror yeah he loves uh i think he he claim to uh to be influenced by twilight zone and sure stuff like that and well he produced shows. the new twilight twilight zone too right he also produced Candyman uh that came out last summer too so yeah, yeah. i'm i'm still looking forward to uh to watching that and i've heard mixed things about uh Candyman, but i was mixed on it so yeah quite rightly yeah um but overall uh i i think what he did with us Again, it's you know what what's going on on screen. What's am I seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, yeah. Am I interpreting right? But incredible performances in that. Oh my really? god! Yeah, yeah. But with this, you're given the bare minimum. Yeah, you're you're given this short trailer. Yeah, that I almost want to say this trailer is without its visual effects like 100 percent visual effects i think it's like pre that right pre-final what we're gonna see and it's just like a a, it's a true teaser is it gonna be aliens or is it gonna be something uh beyond that you know yeah Um, i love some of the looks of the people that they cut to like in the stands where they had like that nasty face and everything where you don't know if it's gonna be alienish there's some yeah. of the the hand stuff it's all like you said very practical very very you know non-cgi kind of effects or very low level versions yeah. of that that it really brings me in i also love his hitchcockian touch of not naming anything uh any of his movies with more than one or two words yeah. like just keeping it real brief i hope he keeps that up too so much to love here shane where do you sit with nope yeah, I'm with you guys. It's a yes for me because I, you guys have said everything I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I love Jordan Peele. I love to get out, but I, un, I reviewed us a while ago, but I like that movie more than get out. I like yeah. what he was doing conceptually with that movie. That movie really kind of <laughs> did put a scare into me because yeah. the, the performances you got in that movie were just unreal. Now, whether you want to debate the ending, okay, well, I, I I can have that discussion with you. And it didn't stick for some people, but it didn't matter to me. I would go back and watch Us more than I would watch Get Out because I think you'd pick up things along the way that you missed the first time you saw Us. Where Get Out, once the big reveal and the big twist is in there, then it's like, okay, great movie, great first movie. But I don't know, like you see... It's like watching The Sixth Sense over. Like, why would you watch that movie over? Like, <laughs> sure. You know, you. Kinda... Although I did to kind of see the little nuances. There's some like right. things you could pick up to so, to figure out that he's dead and all that. But yeah, but I hear you. The only thing <laughs> I was that, waiting on that. Not that it makes me hesitant, but I am curious 
on how like I'll be fascinated how this movie the ending and finale of this movie because mm-hmm. it does he go like the M Night route where he just tries to stick a weird twist in towards the end and it's not going right. to really work. And there's some movies I like to have discussions about the ending. Like, hey, man, was it this or was it that? It can go both ways based on your sure. interpretation. So, if, thinking about it, that's the only thing that makes me just a little nervous. I don't want the ending to be too far out there. Uh, then I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, some people didn't like the ending of Us. I was fine with it. But, you know, uh, it, he's not the strongest third act director. I think that's where he's still kind of newish and, and trying to <clears throat> evolve. But everything else he does is so perfect that I'm just so geared up for this movie. And and again, you're not wrong to worry about where it's going to go. I don't even know where this story's going to go. It's so basic uh, in terms of its its conception, or at least what we're being shown at this point, that it could go in any direction. And I love not knowing. Uh, and I think that's maybe why it drove so much higher on my list. Um, but yeah. Excellent cast, a lot of great visuals. I am absolutely all in for this movie, and that's why it lands number one for for the three of us. Any other uh, last thoughts on either Nope or kind of like what the summer looks like it's going to shake out to be? I will say uh, I am excited about this summer preview uh, as opposed to other summers because it just seems like, you know, we're not that we're out of it, but we're on the tail end of, uh, you know, the crap that was COVID. Yeah. And, you know, things are kind of getting back to normal where the last couple of years, everything was up in the air. Didn't know what was happening. Still don't know what's happening. But as far as we know, this list of movies are going to happen. And the dates in which they're being released are going to be happening. But in, in prior summers, it seemed like it was just like, you know, all right. Oh, there's that one. We can go see that. But right. as Shane has pointed out in uh, several of these uh, podcasts, it's been mostly TV, you know, because most people sure. can't get out. But now that yeah. we can, let's give us a reason. You know, let's get a, get ourselves back into the theaters and, and check out this stuff on uh, the way it was intended in big screens. I love you saying get out as we were just wrapping up. Nope. That's amazing. Shane, sorry, I cut you off earlier. What do you got, buddy? No, I was going to say this This summer has the potential to be a very good summer of movies. Yeah. But man, does it have the potential to just flop. And that's what worries me <laughs> about the list it's we're talking about. It's not stacked. In terms of like week after week after week, there's some big project. There are some actually gaping holes in the schedule, which is weird for the summer. But uh, you're right. The, I think it's very and, and I th- high product if it right. can land it. Yeah. And I think by the end of the summer, because there always is, there's always one or two movies that come out of left field that we haven't even touched on and don't talk about. And it's like the underground or hidden gem of the summer that everyone just gravitates to so i've got a feeling that's going to happen with something we haven't discussed because there's always a movie that pops up out of nowhere that wasn't on the schedule all of a sudden it's there sure so i'm looking forward to that but i also would like to applaud us and give us a nice hand on the back that we didn't have a marvel movie number one we actually had <laughs> yeah a non-marvel movie is number one so kinda close, kudos kinda close. Yeah, well close. which shouldn't 
it shouldn't be shocking considering a that obviously we're in a little bit of a downbeat with the uh, multiverse of madness and moon knight kind of not wowing us at all um but we also ha- when we did our top five movies a lot of it was written and directed by this person written and directed by this person done by like a, a smaller studio or a mid-level studio so obviously the summer is going to breed blockbusters and it's going to bring big budget stuff and, and and explosions and all the things that are typical of that but i think at the end of the day we're actually just looking for great stories and great concepts that entice us and i think that's why nope is high up i think that's why the gray man which is based on like a good book series is high up i think you know it's going to be an interesting summer, and I'm hoping to be impressed. Um, of course, when you say like things that come out of nowhere, I think Chris is hoping for that with Marcel the Shell with shoes on, because uh, that looks like it could be insanely adorable and fun and whatever. It's wild that it's a summer movie, so that's kind of fun. Chris and I talked about uh, Samaritan, you know, where it's the director Julius Avery, if I remember his name correctly, the director of Overlord, which a movie I loved a lot. Uh, and this is kind of like a a superhero-ish story with Sylvester Stallone, right, Chris? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, he's out of, um, I think he's been out of the game for a while, but he's drawn back in. Yeah. For whatever so, reason. Which is always a great story. And I know Shane, uh, his pointy ears perked up with uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, uh, the new George Miller, uh, that looked intriguing as well. Um, sure. Another hit, another hit, which was on the list originally, and I just want to mention it briefly. That could be a hit because it doesn't have a U.S. date yet. Is Crimes of the Future, the new David Cronenberg yeah. film? I got a feeling that's the movie that could just show up in August, and it could. Right. So just look out for things like that. That's that's my point, I guess. Yeah, it's going to can, so it'll be you know out in festival stuff starting in a couple weeks. The only thing is. You know, it's one of those movies that if they think it's going to have legs for award season, then it might get pushed a little bit further. But based on that Red Band trailer I watched today, (laughs) I'm going to go with no. It's just Cronenberg (laughs) back to his usual tricks of body horror and just wild, wild stuff with just it's all about people getting surgeries being like I think they literally say in the trailer surgery is the new sex. So. (sighs) Wild, wild stuff there. And I think, uh, you know, and Netflix has some other stuff that I enjoy, like uh, animated films like The Sea Beast or, um, you know, Persuasion, which is a Jane Austen update with Dakota Johnson. Or, you know, there's a bunch of stuff here as well. We didn't mention Elvis. Oh, and Spiderhead for Netflix as well. That was one that kept getting pushed back and pushed back uh, that, you know, keep that Chris Hensworth love. And for anyone who is jazzed up for Top Gun Maverick, same director as Spiderhead. So could have an amazing summer right there. So yeah, bunch of good stuff. The the TV show stuff is impressive. Uh, we got The Boys. We got Stranger Things. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got uh, Ms. Marvel. We got For All Mankind. Got a bunch of stuff all summer long. So Stay tuned to recent activity to hear all our thoughts on all of that. Uh, My thanks, as always, to Shane and Chris. I am Andrew Morgan, and this has been Recent Activity.